Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. It is time now for the bigger picture with Ryan Huang. Ryan, let's be profilers for a minute. And the topic being, what is the Fed going to do next? So we're looking at data. We've got more data, non-farm payrolls coming out on Friday. But another aspect of profiling is looking at language use. Uh, The latest one from uh, the New York Fed president. So what are we reading here? And where is it pointing toward? Yeah, in short, higher for longer. That's where <laughs> things are hidden. If you go by latest comments coming through from New York Fed President John Williams, and this is an interview with the Wall Street Journal, he pretty much is saying that he's going to be backing higher rates until inflation cools. And until inflation cools, that's going to be uh, one of those key phrases. When is it going to cool? Because going by his comments, he seems to think it's going to take some time. Mm. And it was also echoed by his counterpart in Europe, ECB policymaker and Estonian Central Bank Governor Melis Muller, who says the ECB should be thinking about 75 basis point rate hikes in the next meeting, given the exceptionally high inflation data. And this is all just pushing up rates, short-term rates, for example, on the two-year yields uh, at their highest in nearly 15 years, as at 3.46%. And the 10-year notes are above 3.1% for the first time since June, and clearly they are still inverting. So let's check in with Sanjay Gutlani. He is the CIO for Silverdale Capital. Morning, Sanjay. How are you doing today? Good morning to you. I'm fine. How about you? I'm doing great, Sanjay. Glad to have you on because you're watching this space very closely. And the big question is peak inflation behind us. Going by some of the signs you've been reading and observing, what's your take on this? Uh, I wish I could say yes, but uh, we all know what's happening in energy and we don't see any result to the Russia-Ukraine conflict anytime too soon. And on top of it, by the end of October, the extra supplies which U.S. is doing from its strategic reserves would be halted. So we have not so good news ahead for energy. Talking about the Europe, uh, Europe is likely to face one of the worst drought in 500 years. Not a good news there. We should expect at least 15% drop in the food grains production in Europe. Hmm. Uh, and coming back to U.S., uh, the, the, uh, uh, the persistent factors versus transitory factors are taking over. In particular, two things, the wages and the rent. And we know wages are a sticky factor. It's not easy to, to reduce the wages. So like what, what uh, you've been talking about on the Money FM, we usually look more layouts and, and therefore they will correct itself. And the rent, as you know, follow about 8 to 12 months after the property prices peak out, which have peaked out close to Q1, Q2. So we have a long, long way to go. And if that's not so good news, uh, we also know the fact that the U.S. Invest, uh, their consumers have about $2.6 trillion of excess you know, cash or balances are very strong, and the banks there have a loan to deposit ratio of about 60 65. In 2008, just to remind you, it was 90. So, so we have willing buyers, willing borrowers, and willing lenders, mm. and the supply situation, no, not so very good. So, 
I agree with the with the with the Fed members talking about higher for longer. Yeah, Sanjay, if you look at the data, we are seeing some strong data. US job openings overnight unexpectedly jumped to 11.2 million, so better than expected. Consumer confidence also advanced to its highest reading since May. So altogether, quite solid data. Does that point to the next meeting in September for FOMC to raise rates by another? 75 basis point hike. Is that enough for them to just frontal it even more? Potentially, yes. Uh, because if you look at the Bloomberg consensus, this also talks about 69.5% probability of the, the big ticket 75 basis hikes, which is not too surprising because Fed is trying to, uh, to, to pre-pone the rate hikes in order to contain the inflation. But sadly, the truth is that it doesn't matter how much you increase the interest rate, uh, that doesn't increase the energy supplies. Hmm. And you are, of course, a fixed income fund house, Silverdale Capital. So what's your take on the positioning between equity and fixed income? Is there now a stronger case to reallocate some of that money towards fixed income? Absolutely, yes. Uh, see, the key point is this. Higher interest rate means higher discounting rate. High discount rate basically means lower P. When the GDP of a country slows down, the EPS falls and so we have a earnings fall and mm. a P falling, so it's not the best situation uh, for the equity market. Uh, just to remind, uh, after the dot-com burst, the Nasdaq was down by almost 78%. Uh, coming to fixed income, this is one of the uh, first time in recent decades that we are seeing a yield of over 4.5% across the board. And less than 15 months ago, almost 15% of the universe was giving negative return. So from the investor point of view, there's juicy yields. Having said that, uh, we should also keep in mind that the first half of the current year was the worst half year since 1865, which is 156 years with the worst first half. Uh, while we can never be sure of the bottom, we cannot be much farther away from it. Celebrate, we strongly believe that it's far easier to buy at the right price than at the right time. Mm. And then the best thing of the fixed income, of course, is always the P2P. You know, even if you buy the wrong price, barring default, there's always a pull to par value. So you stand to make out of it. Yeah, Sanjay, the traditional take on how people should be splitting their investments is 60, 40, 60 in equities and 40% in uh, fixed income. Is that still relevant these days? And if you're looking for opportunities, where should you be looking in the fixed income space? See, look, uh, when there's a surfeit of liquidity, all assets move in tandem. But as we're already seeing it, as the interest rate is increasing, the dispersion between bonds and equity is becoming more and more distinct. Right? From diversification point of view, yes, 60-40 makes still some sense. But from the construct point of view, let's keep in mind that 80% of risk and reward of a 60-40 portfolio comes from equities. And we know equities would be under pressure. So, so what has been established is that most of these, the large savvy investors are now moving to allocation based on risk parity. Mm. In the sense of word, uh, it would be more advisable to take a leveraged bond portfolio, which will give you a better risk reward ratio than traditional equity portfolio. Right? Uh, having said that, the broad takeaway is yes, 60-40 still makes sense, but do allocate more to the to the short-end uh, bonds. Uh, in terms of your query, in terms of, you know, question, uh, where, where in, in the bond market, 
Of course, the short duration is best. You know, let's not forget about two years ago, uh, the interest rate for one-year deposits with the bank was practically zero. <laughs> Today, many of the banks are giving almost 4% return. So from the return point of view, uh, short-term bonds is a fantastic place to be in. And traditionally, when the market enters into recession, and 12 months after this onset of recession, the bonds are the better performing asset class. Uh, for people, those who are more savvy, they can, of course, use leverage to it. So you can lock in your returns by buying bonds because you get good yield and lock in your cost of borrowing cost out there and you'll get a fantastic return. And the interesting portion is, given the turmoil in the market, a lot of free money available. Uh, for example, uh, many of the local currency bonds today are giving yields lower than that of U.S. dollar, right? Indian, Indian companies for being in a case example like Shiram Group or Tata Group, you know. So it's, it's money for nothing. And such opportunities come very rarely uh, in, in your career. So that's something which uh, people can uh, benefit from. Mm. Opportunities in short-term bonds. Watch out for that. We've been challenging Sanjay Gutani. He is the CIO for Silverdale Capital. Sanjay, thanks for your time this morning. My pleasure. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.